In our men's power lunch, we've been, we've been talking about being a Bible-driven man. And those words are very specific to what our goal is, being a Bible-driven man, being a man who is led by not their own wisdom. Uh, sometimes we run into that, not the wisdom of the world, but a man that is led by the wisdom of God, who operates according to the truth of God's word. And, and all of that really is, it comes with the goal of being the man that God has created us to be. And so understand, this is not just about a bunch of information. We're not just trying to accumulate a bunch of information. Uh, that's not what this is about. We're trying to be the man that God has created us to be, the man who is what he ought to be in his job, in his workplace, uh, in, in his career, the man who, who is what he ought to be in his home and in his family, his, his relationship with his wife and his kids, the man who, who is what he ought to be in his church, and you know what, God's created us and called us for, for positions in our church. Uh, really just a man who exists for the glory of God. A man who lives for the, the glory of God. And that, that's just really the goal. Not the accumulation of information, but just again, to be a man who lives for the glory of, of our tremendous God. I can tell you, I want to matter to the cause of Jesus Christ. I want to matter to the cause of Jesus Christ. I, I want to live a life that actually means something. I look around today and people are, are downtrodden and they're punching clocks and they're moving from one thing to the next thing. A lot of times it's from, from one fire to the next fire. I want to live a life that means something. I want to live a life that, that matters. I don't want to get all the way to the end and have wasted it. I don't want to get all the way to the end and to have chased things that were, were empty. I want to live an awesome life that honors my God, my Savior, Jesus Christ. And one of the great keys to our success in that maybe is one of the most overlooked things as far as one of the pieces to achieving that goal. And say, so, listen, if that is our goal, you know what, there's some things we need to do to be that type of man. But one of the, one of the, one of the important keys to our success in that, again, I think we're, we're probably overlooking, uh, one, of, one of the most important pieces of reaching that goal is who we associate with. And I think, well, I didn't really think about that. Listen, if, if that is our goal, who we associate with our friends, our associates, the people we are around matter to that goal. Well, well, I didn't know it was that big of a deal. Listen, the people you're around, those that you've befriended, those that you travel through life with, they absolutely matter to that goal. Now, here's the deal. We, we like, and I'm talking especially to men, we like to act like we're pretty independent. Hey, I'm an independent man. We're an individualist. You know what, I, I'm independent, I'm a man, I don't need anybody. You know what, I'll figure it out myself, I'll take care of it myself. We like to act like we are pretty independent as men. Now let me tell you what the truth is. The truth is we're really pretty pack-driven. We really operate pretty much in a pack mentality. And, and you know what, we may act like uh, I'm an individual and I, and I love that, but we, we really pretty much have a pack mentality. Look very closely at us. We pretty much act the same. We pretty much value the same things. Even look at us, we pretty much dress the same. The truth is this, we are swayed by the crowd. That's the truth. We are swayed 
by the crowd. And you know what? You can have great intentions. You can have great plans. But if you get in with the wrong crowd, if you get in with the wrong folks, the truth is this. We change. Now, I'll just tell you, that's, that's the truth. We try to act like that's not the truth. We get in with the wrong individuals. We get in with the wrong influence. And we change as people. That is the reality. Again, today we're going to look at the Bible-driven man and his associates. With that focus today, we're going to look at two truths today, two deals for us today. Here's the deal, two different deals for us with that focus. The first one, and both of these are pretty simple, both of these are are pretty plain. The first one is this. Listen to this, this truth. There are some people that you need to let go of. There are some people that you need to separate from. And, I, and I'll just tell you, we, we today have this idea that that doesn't sound very Christ-like, does it? Well, that doesn't sound very loving, does it? There's some people I need to get away from. There's some, some people I need to separate from. That doesn't sound like my Savior, Jesus Christ, does it? That sounds pretty judgmental. The Bible says we're not to judge. I've talked to men and men have made decisions, and we're talking about, you know what, the things in your life, and you know what, we want to honor Christ with our life, and here's some things that, that need to happen in your life. And I've, I've talked to men, and we, we talk about the, the influences in their life, and there are men that will say, you know what, I'm not the type of guy to walk away from my friends. I'm not the type of man that would abandon my friends. Well, I want to tell you today, and we're going to look at some stuff here. The Bible shows us there are some people That if our goal is to live for the glory of God, there are some people that we need to let go. Now let me show you some of these folks. The first type of person that we need to let go, that we need to separate from, is an angry person. Is an angry man. We are to get away from an angry person. We are to separate from an angry person. Now, let me just tell you, men, there is something in us, and I don't know if it's pride or if it's testosterone or what it is, but there is something inside of us that responds to anger. There's something inside of us that, that flares up with anger. You know what? Some folks over here can get mad and we can see their anger and we can see their mouth and we can start to see what happens. And there's a, there's a response in us that begins to well up, that begins to, to flare up. I think we're even drawn to anger. Some of the sports that we play, isn't that the, 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 the deal of that sport? You know what? Here we go and we're all charged up and, and we're drawn to that, to that anger. When you get with the wrong crowd, here's the truth about anger. It always builds, doesn't it? It always escalates. You ever get somewhere and people are mad? Maybe you're in a meeting somewhere and people are mad. Does it ever just calm down? No, it doesn't. It always escalates. It always builds. How we talk, how we respond, the the attitudes we hold, the things we do are driven by the angry people that are around us. Now, let me show you some verses. Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25. Here's what God says. Listen to his words. Do not associate. This is a, this is a lot uh, bigger distance than someone that's your friend. Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. 
Do not associate with an angry man. Do not get in and go with a hot-tempered person or you will find that you have taken on his ways and find yourself in trouble. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 22 says, an angry man, listen to this, stirs up strife. You know what? There's nothing there but they stir it up and they stir it up. They stir up strife. And a hot-tempered man abounds in transgressions. That means sin, which means this. You you want to get in with a hot-tempered man and a person that stirs up anger and stirs up strife? The Bible says this. That's where sin abounds. You want to find trouble and you want to find chaos and you want to find division and problems, you find what's stirring around an angry person. Now, here's this. Now, listen to me very carefully here. We wish them no harm. No. We're not going to go and run them down somewhere. No. But we get away from them. That's what the Bible says. We separate from an angry man. Let Let me tell you the truth here. I have enough trouble dealing with my own anger. I have enough trouble trying to keep my anger in check. One of these weeks, we're going to talk about that that I don't need to be around people that pour gas on that. And that's the truth. I got enough trouble trying to keep myself in a position to honor God, honor Christ, that I don't need some hot-tempered man pouring gas on the fire. You know what? The first type of person we need to get away from, an angry person. That's what God says in his word. Second person to let go, and it it's really sounds similar, but it's not. It's, it's a different person. The second person to let go is a divisive person. A divisive man. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, pretty interesting verses. Proverbs 6 tells us seven things that God hates. Hold on a minute, does that sound like God? He hates something? Seven things that he hates, that he abhors. Seven things that God hates. You know one of the things that God hates? He hates, here's what it says, a man who spreads strife. Among the brethren. Another translation says, God hates a person who separates brothers. There are people, and I don't know what it is about them. I don't know if it's what they like, if it's just the, the, the course of their life, but there are people that are always dividing people. There are people that are always dividing up sides. There are people that are always starting factions. And, 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 and there's this going on and this is taking place. And, and you know what? You put this person in and they start to say, well, did you hear about them? Well, you didn't get your done right. And what about this? And they're always dividing people up. They're always causing factions. Listen to what Romans chapter 16 verse 17 says. This is New Testament, talking to us as the the church, Christians. Now I urge you, Paul's writing, brethren, Christians, now I urge you, keep your eye on those. Now that actually translates, mark those people. Put a mark on them, keep your eye on them, don't lose sight of them. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned. And listen to what the verse says. And turn away from them. You know what the command is this. Mark them out. A person that causes dissensions, divisions, and keep away from them. Book of Titus says something very similar. It says put them out. In Galatians chapter 5, it says 
that the sign of a lost man, a sign of a person that lives according to his flesh, listen to this, they cause disputes, arguments, dissensions. What that means is they lead people away from the right thing, dissensions. You know, here's the truth, and we're going to dissent. We're going to turn and leave the truth. Factions. All of a sudden, where there was one group, now we got two groups. And where there was one group, now we got five groups. A sign of a lost person is they deal in disputes and dissensions and factions. A person who the pattern of their life is to divide, and that is the cloud that follows them everywhere. And you may know some guys like that. You know what the Bible says? We need to separate from those people. We need to call them what they are. We need to mark them out. We need to separate from those people. If our goal is to live a life that honors Christ, we have to separate from those people. The third person to let go of, the third person to separate from is a foolish person. A foolish person. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Listen to this. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. The companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, what what does it mean to be a foolish person? And so you go and you look that word up in the original language. You go back into the the Hebrew and you see what what does it mean to be a foolish person? Here's what a foolish person is. A foolish person is a hater of knowledge, a foolish person because they hate knowledge, acts stupidly. That's literally the translation. They act stupidly. Another another translation says they are silly. They don't have right reasoning. They're silly. And, And the result of all of that is this. They are flippant in how they live. They're careless and how they live. Now, if you want to find a foolish person, here's what they look like. And really, I, I, I think about this. It looks like the guy that his life looks like a beer commercial. You know what? This is fun over here. And so we're going over here to do this. And, and we're not going to consider the cost. And we're not going to consider the consequences. And we're going to crash in over here. And, and everybody's going this way. And so we're going to, we're going to go this way. And, and their life looks like the world. Their, their life looks like the things of the world. And they live their life like fools. Here's something crazy. For some reason, we celebrate that. Isn't that what we do today? For some reason, we celebrate that. Here's this party dude, and man, his life looks like, woo, that's a good life right there. He's the life of the party. And here's this party guy, and how much fun is he having? He's riding around, he's got his shirt off in his Jeep, and he's got a sea doo behind him. He's headed to the bar and to the lake and over to pick up two of his girlfriends. Woo, now that is a life to lead. Foolish person. You can have fun. It's not saying that. I can go to the lake. The Bible says this. If a person that lives to the neglect of their wisdom, a person that doesn't care the consequences of the decisions they make, let them go. They crash in. They don't care. They're not worried about who they hurt. They're not worried about the influence that they might damage. They're not worried about the name of Jesus Christ. A person that lives a foolish lifestyle Let them go. 1 Corinthians 15 says this. Evil companions, compadres, friends, evil companions corrupt good morals. Listen, that's that's what God says. Here's a pretty good guy right here. You know, he's trying to honor Christ right here. Here's a person that's, that's trying to operate according to the wisdom of God. Evil companions corrupt good morals. 
That's the biblical truth. Let me just tell you what that means. God says this. You will be like the people you run with. That's what all those verses just said. Well, I got a better willpower than that. Well, you don't know me. I got a better foundation than that. The Bible says this. You will be like the people you run with, period. You will be like the people you run with. Listen, here's the first truth. The first truth is this. There's some folks we need to let go. There's some folks saying, you know what, your anger, you know what, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to help you find some way to reconcile that. Your division and your divisiveness, I have no time for that. You're stupid, living, not counting the consequences and the costs. I can't live that way and I separate from those people. And that is a Christian thing. That is a God-honoring thing. First thing, there are some people we need to let go. Second thing is this. There are some people we need to seek out. So this isn't just a bashing here where we bash everybody. There's some people we need to seek out. If your goal is to honor your Savior, if your goal is to live a life and be the man that God's called you to be, and we need some men, if, if that is your goal, there are some people you need to seek out. Let me tell you about them as well. Some people you need in your life. First type of person you need in your life is this. You need wise people. It's the exact opposite of the other. You need wise people. The verse says, he who walks with wise people will also be wise. That's what the verse says. Hang around with wise people, associate with wise people. The Bible says you will be wise. Now understand this is talking about godly wisdom. It's not talking about the world's wisdom. It's talking about godly wisdom. Now what that means is this. You need some people in your life that know the word of God. You need some people that, in your life that they live by the word of God. And they say, you know what, this is what God has said in his word. You know what, this is what God is directing us in his word. You need some people that if you get up on them and squeeze them, the word of God just pops up out of them. What kind of fruitcake is that? Let me tell you something. That's a grown man. That is a grown man that says, I'm going to live according to the word of God. You need some people in your life who love and read and study and know and live by the word of God. First type of people you need in your life, wise people. Second type of people you need in your life are encouraging people. And if you've lived any amount of time, you're going to understand you need encouraging people in your life. You need people that build you up. You need people that see your heart. You need people that, that see the struggle you're in and they build you up. They, they lift you up. The word actually means to put courage into you. If your goal is to live as the person that God's created you to be, you need some people in your life to build you up, to encourage you. Ecclesiastes says this. If they fall, the other picks you up. You need somebody in your life to pick you up. You go through the, the, the biblical example here. Man, we could go on forever. Elijah had Elisha to, to minister to him. Barnabas, one of, the, one of the great men in the New Testament, Barnabas. In the New Testament, his name actually means encourager. His name means encourager. Can you imagine being such an encouragement that your name is the encourager? Hey, where's the encourager? Not, not Bill, not Ted. Where's the encourager? Hey, we're going out later with the encourager. Barnabas is the encourager. Paul ha has a hard ministry. Man, you read, you read his ministry, and there's some tremendous things, some great things, but there's some hard things in his ministry. 
he talks about his friend Titus and that he needed his friend Titus. In fact, he, he despaired. We read in two places without his friend Titus. He goes to a town. You know what? He's going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, but his friend Titus wasn't in the town, so it says it left. He left the town and went and looked for the town that Titus was in. This is a great man of God. This is a bold man of God. This is the man who says, you know, if I die, it's fine. If, if I live, it's fine. But this man said, you know what? He needed a friend. He had him in Titus. You need people in your life to encourage you. You need some people to pour courage into you, to build you up and encourage you on the way. Here's another type of person you need in your life. Maybe not one we like, but you need this person in your life. You need a person that will rebuke you or correct you. You need a person or some people in your life that will correct you, that will rebuke you. The, the Bible says, the book of Proverbs says, a wise man loves correction. Well, who likes correction? A wise man loves correction because they understand at the end of the process, they're going to be on the right track. They're going to be on the right path. A wise man says, if I'm doing something wrong, tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can correct it. Here's what you need in your life. Now, we don't, we don't really go looking for these people because we, we, we don't like it. But here's the truth. You need some people in your life to say, nope, not going to end well. Nope, not the right thing. You need some people to say, that's not the right thing. You, you need some people to say, no, I've been there and I've done that. And you know what? It ends poorly. You need some people to say, you know what? I, I've got to tell you, nope, that's not where we're going to go. Let me tell you, even when it's hard, the greatest blessing you can have is a person that, you know what, they might say, well, I might lose your friendship, but I'm not going to be a coward or a hypocrite. And they may have to take you by the shirt and say, you know what, with some guts and some integrity, that's not right. That's not going to work. You need people in your life to correct you and rebuke you. Here's the last one. We could, we could add to the list, but here's the last one I have today. You need people in your life on the same mission. Listen, you need people in your life on the same mission. Here's the truth. We are pack driven. We do have a pack mentality. We need people in our life on the same, in, on the same mission. In the, in the New Testament, that's the New Testament example. You're saved as an individual. He puts you in a church, a community. Go, go look in the, in the New Testament and in Matthew and the Gospels. When he sends them out, he sends them out two by two. He puts them together and sends them out. When we read the, the, the example of, of Paul, he has somebody to go with him, people to encourage. You need people around you on the same mission. You need people to celebrate with as you go. You need people to cry with when it's bad. You need people to say, what, this is the right mission and we're going to stay on this mission. You need somebody to come along and say, you know what, friend, there is a Savior and He's risen and He's the King of glory and it's worth everything we have to honor Him. It's worth every tear we might cry, every breath we might breathe to honor the, the risen Savior. It matters, listen, who you associate with. We need people on the same page. We need people on the same mission. Biblical truth is this. You will be like the people you run with. That either ought to scare us to death or that ought to cause us to praise and thank a graceful God who gives us those type of people. You will be like the people you run with. Glad you're here today. Let me... Let me 
Lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Glad you were here today. Let's pray. Glad you're here. Dear Father, we come, and I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for your kindness, for your grace, for your instruction. Lord, I'm thankful that as we say, you know what, there is a risen Savior. He's worth my life. He's worth the effort. He's worth my reputation that you tell us. There's some folks, if that's the goal, we need to get away from. And you don't let us just have to bang around and crash around and, and sort it out. You tell us, here's the folks to get away from. I pray that we would be wise. I pray that we would be obedient. I pray that we would be prayerful and we would be, we would be followers of what you've told us to do. I pray for those that we're going to separate from. I pray, Lord, that they'd find Christ if they don't know you. Lord, I pray they begin to act like Christ if they do know you. But Lord, I pray that we would take your word serious and we would understand if this is the goal, there's some folks we need to separate from. But I also know that there's some people that you place in our life, that, that they are your grace to us and they help us stay encouraged and they help us stay right and they help us stay steady. And more than all of that, they help us bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for those people. Lord, help us be those people. Lord, help us encourage and foster and grow more of those people. And Lord, I pray that the end result is this. When it all dies down, when it all settles, when we get to the end, if, if you haven't come back, that we have lived for what truly mattered, that the name of Jesus has been held high and that you've been glorified. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.